0: Hey, everybody! It's the American Pale Males podcast with me, one of your co-hosts, Michael, and with me and you...
1: ...is also live, Jeremy. Michael, how in the world are you? I'm doing well. I just came back from a
0: little wilderness adventure. You
1: did. It's true. Quasi-wilderness, yeah. I saw the pictures. Yes. Or a picture, anyway. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and I'm back in the flatlands, and um, I can breathe the oxygen...
1: Bemoaning the lack of height? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing good. How have you been, sir? I've been doing well. I've been out winning trivia left and right. Ooh. Good rewards and good beer? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, So the reward of the first one we went to is a, a little bistro that I'm hesitant to name for reasons that will become obvious in a second. Girlfriend of the show and I went to this. Uh, the... Whatever the day before Labor Day was. And we mopped up. It was a bunch of jabronis who didn't know what was what. And we nice. we cleaned house. Like, by the second round of six, we already had it in the bag. But uh, the prize was, you pick a bottle of wine off the list. Uh-huh. So, it's like, it's a nice place. And they have, like, real Ooh. wine. Not like, you know, uh, Andre. Like, real wine. <laughs> And it was just like we were about to leave, and the guy says, oh, yeah, just tell the bartender that since you won, you get a bottle of wine. Like, oh, snap. And uh, bottles of wine are not cheap at restaurants, as I'm sure you're aware. But uh, so we did that, and then we went to what used to be the Iowa City Brew Lab, may it rest in peace. It is a new bar called Van B's because it's on Van Buren Street. Okay, and it it looks a lot nicer, but it doesn't have the same charm. But uh yeah, we won the trivia there, and because it's a new place, they gave out fifty bucks as the first place. Woo. In, ge- in gift cards, but I mean, fifty bucks is fifty bucks, man. Oh yeah, so oh, that's beer money. <laughs> that's right, Michael. Speaking of beers, what do you got for me? Yes, give me a beer brag, buddy.
0: Uh, my beer brag, maybe not so much a brag but a beer a beer boast a beer boast beer experiment experiment i was perusing the aldi beers oh and no like, <laughs> yeah and i'm like oh, i gotta try another one of these it's been a while since been i a while got a, a all <laughs> since i got an Aldi six pack and there's this beer called you know all the beers that are kind of like clones of jobber beers yeah, basically, you know, you got one that's supposedly like Sam Adams' Boston Lager. Mm-hmm. You got the, um, what's that Mexican beer? Corona. Corona. Clone, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Clor- uh, clone-, uh, clone-, <laughs> clone. Clone Rona. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get, yeah. we'll get there. Um,
0: and so there's this one called Bakker. I'm like, what is this? I'm not sure. Obviously, it's like kind Amber of a German-style beer. And not quite. Um Damn. Is B A C H E R? Oh, so interesting. Like, Bach, like
1: German for well, lover, like Johann Sebastian.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it was brewed in Belgium, as I recall. Um, <laughs> right. So I had it and I drank it and it was good. It's a this lager, kind of like that skunky Heineken flavor. But I think what it was trying to clone, based on the label, which always is a you know slight. <laughs> Genericized version of the real label. I think it was supposed to be Bex.
1: Okay. And I've never had a Bex. Oh, really? Yeah. No. So it is what it is.
0: Yeah. It Bex is fine. I assume it tasted like this beer. It's unfortunate because I was hoping it would line up with something I've had before, but it didn't. So it's just. um, But it was like in that Heineken turf, maybe a little more depth of flavor than a Heineken, which tends to be kind of light in my opinion but yeah it is um but it was good i mean i couldn't complain i was looking i was specifically looking for like a lager style beer mm-hmm. and this one hit the spot and it was fine for being a uh knockoff version of something um more well known i see so, bakker uh, it's next to the wicked orchard <laughs> well so. What, uh, hopefully you have a, a a better beer, Jeremy. What do you got for I,
1: I right? do. So, once again, Toppling Goliath is the bee's knees. I recently had their newest brew, Supa Sumo, which has an E-Honda-esque uh, label on it, which is great as oh, far as nice. I'm concerned. Um, it, he's not quite doing the thousand-hand slap, but it, <laughs> it sure looks like it. As, as can be expected from Toppling Goliath, it's uh, an IPA. It's a pretty hairy one clocking it at eight percent, but it's in no sense of the word boozy. Um Oh wow. Now that I look up the uh the color notes, here's here's what it says on beer advocate because they don't have a listing on the website. Yossa, A challenger approaches the tame the king, the super sumo. Armed with the harmonizing balance of Citra and Mosaic Hops, he steps into the ring. Who will win? Experience this tantalizing turmoil of TG Titans and savor each sip until victory is claimed. And it's uh, it, it's, it's pretty awesome, as one might expect. Most of their beers, I feel, have focus on Citra. I, I don't know yeah. why, but... This one you could definitely feel it was more of a blend on the hops. Um, okay. If if you've had a Toppling Goliath beer, you know that the backbone is solid as Sears, but it's it all depends on you know the hoppy aspects of the beer, or at least for their IPAs. And this one was kind of it had a little bit of dankness to balance out their usual fruit aspects of it. Um, the fruit if I'm remembering correctly was somewhere in a neighborhood of orange and grapefruit and between this and the, uh, big grove one that I talked about last week, I think Mm -hmm. whatever the, the apocalypse one was. Yes. Um, I'm noticing a bit of a lean towards orange and not just like a little orangeness, like it just straight up tastes like juice, which I'm, I'm okay with. I really like that in IPAs. Um, this is another great double IPA by Toppling Goliath. Um, they're getting really close to having their their new brewery built, and I can't wait to see what happens after they do. So
0: is that still in? De- is that going to still be in Decorah? Uh, yes,
1: it is. it's It's almost uh, it's almost finished. And after that, hmm. the cans will no longer be made in dumb old Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, Decorah is pretty much like equidistant
0: from both of us.
1: Yeah, we should really go there sometime. Right, equidistant. I know a good
0: campground there too. Why
1: would we camp if, when there's a brewery right there? There's two of them, for God's sake. Pulleditrock is sleep right under there. Under the awning. Yes. So you mentioned
0: E Honda from yes. Street Fighter Two, or the Street Fighter series. Who was your go-to character in Street Fighter? Side note: I'm gonna guess it was Zangief. Sagat. So got, really? Oh man! The
1: Zangief moves were too hard to pull off. I couldn't do a, a full circle on those. <laughs> to do the, I mean, the pile driver was awesome and everything, but yeah, I couldn't. <gasps> I I couldn't do the circle to uh, pull it off.
0: You know, I I chose. I liked E Honda. Uh, because you were Chun-Li. Blanca,
1: because you could spam moves like a cheap <laughs> wiener.
0: <laughs> well, E Honda, you could do that thousand-arm yeah, slap yeah. and just and slowly advance forward.
1: Blanca had the uh, the electricity, electricity sp- spam. I know, I, I hear you. Yeah,
0: I didn't uh, like the electricity that much, but I like the the kick in the hand
1: because you could spam it. You could spam
0: it. Well, I mean, like I said, like you said, it's hard to do the little flick of them on the little. Uh, 10-year-old hands can't well, handle Well, no, I that. said it was
1: hard to do the 360 for the pile driver. <laughs> I didn't say it was hard to do the uh towards down, down towards for the uh tiger shoryuken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic game. Good game. It was. Michael, uh did you know that they actually feature Street Fighter in the new version of it? Do they really do the kids play the game uh the Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things actually plays the first Street Fighter in an arcade. Oh. which I at the time when I saw it seemed a little anachronistic but then I remembered oh wait it's 88 89 it makes sense. Mhm.
0: Yeah, so that was we kind of hyped that up a little bit last week we you did. were really excited to see it. I was. And I also did my way of watching movies these days, which is...
1: Through your fingers? <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> yeah, I, it's a Braille version. No, um, reading the Wikipedia page oh. and or uh, watching a review Michael. on YouTube. It's so much easier that way. <sighs> You're losing all of the fun, though. I, I know. But wait, let me say this. Yeah. Okay. And then you can get into your take of the Jeremy's two minute review Yeah, um, <laughs> two minutes <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so i knew about it uh-huh. stuff like that and so i read the wikipedia for the book the, the book's I'm messed up I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna read the whole book read
1: That's, the book it's great it's 1200 pages
0: but i didn't realize without getting into spoilers yeah, yeah i didn't realize i always thought it was a clown type movie but it's really more of a cosmic yeah type situation oh, yeah. and i thought that was really cool
1: Uh, yeah, um, they, uh, so... Okay, the movie. Yes. The book was originally turned into a TV miniseries back in, I think, 1990, which they've been showing on Sci-Fi Channel, like, nonstop. Where the original miniseries was true to the letter of the book, as in, like, if it happened in the movie, it happened in the book exactly as it happened in the book. This is more true to the spirit of the book, which, in my opinion the new movie was more true to the spirit, which for me is much more important. Um, as I noted in the Dark Tower re- review that I screamed at you about a month ago, um, I-, I think the best way I've heard it described is that someone like read a-, a Wikipedia synopsis and then wrote the world's worst fan fiction based off that Wikipedia article. Yeah. This movie's been in development hell for a long, long time. Like, they had... Uh, Carrie Fukunaga of, I believe, True Detective, wrote a draft of the script that parts were used of. And, uh... mm-hmm. The movie gets it. The movie was pretty great as far as I'm concerned. The way they've decided to do this movie and its sequel, which, spoilers, there's a sequel, it decided to focus strictly on the kids. It cuts out some of the uh, unnecessary parts of the story, like the just the, the color that a book can offer that a movie can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it nails the way the... It, it's hard to explain. Part of what makes the book so awesome is the way that it just nails childhood. Even if you never lived those specific moments in your life, like getting something carved into your stomach by the town bully or other disgusting moments, it it nails that feeling of being able to roam around anywhere. That I'm assuming you and I both had in that growing up as children of the '80s, early '90s, yeah. yeah. And it also nailed the the feeling of having the main characters be like legitimate weirdos and you know kind of outcasts. Um, yes. What I appreciated most is that they were able to cast like legitimate dorks in these roles, <laughs> and not like TV dorks. If that makes it, any... it's uh. It's uh, it's Millhouse as opposed to the Big Bang Theory, right? She's gonna say Big Bang yeah, yeah. Theory, yeah. It was just like, oh, hey, I I have a Green Lantern shirt, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: nerd. Uh,
1: yeah, it, it's nerds that actually get beaten senseless in this movie, and uh, they don't skimp on the gore in this. It's definitely a hard R, which is another thing that's a good thing,
0: which you couldn't do in a made-for-TV movie.
1: So the problem. The problem is they could probably put this movie on TV without any like real cuts. I mean The Walking Dead gets away with stuff that's way gnarlier than this movie. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this movie's gross, don't get me wrong. But The Walking Dead is like disgusting. Uh it nails it it nails the kids, it nails the tone, it nails the feel that the uh the town is evil and that the adults are choosing to look the other way which is a major theme of the book, it nails the clown. Whereas uh, Tim Curry's version of Pennywise the Dancing Clown was a clown first and a monster second. This is most definitely a monster first and a clown second.
0: Which, no spoilers, is kind of more the true form of it.
1: Oh, yeah, God, yes. I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. I just feel like everyone's read this book because everyone I know has read the book, but... Mm -hmm but then i realized oh wait it's 1200 pages but uh and they had the giant turtle in this movie too they did they did they mentioned it they did mention it that's true i suspect the second one is going to be uh a lot more pan dimensional or whatever you want to call it. it 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 gets weird in the in the book we'll put it that way the sequel's going to be cool they got to cast it right though
0: i was familiar with the tv movie and i've probably seen bits and pieces of it. I only really knew about like the first like when they're kids. Yep. Which I, I think the TV movie did a pretty good pretty job, good job. It
1: it did, it did a good job. It doesn't do a great job.
0: I never really realized there was, They ha- of course they, have, they transitioned to the adult, yep. you know, 27 years later.
1: John Ritter. And I didn't
0: yeah, right. And so I watched the Red Letter Media review. They reviewed the new movie and they talked about in pretty in detail about the original series. Uh-huh. And oh man, that adult version looks so bad. It's pretty you bad. You got like Harry Anderson improv lines.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not so great. Um,
0: <laughs> Like a Chinese restaurant scene that goes on for way too long.
1: That is 100% in the book. I know <laughs> really? you're- Oh, yeah, that's- Maybe a bit too true to form there. Yeah, Um. there's- there's problematic parts of the book but uh yeah I really enjoyed it I saw it open like the very first screening that was had in Iowa City and it was a very full theater and people were like screaming and yelling why the hell did you let me come to this um (laughs) the clown is truly disturbing there's at least one moment in that movie that even freaked me out pretty hard And, and and it was even like part that's in the book I knew it was coming so, take that for what you will. I recommend it to everyone. Go see it. It's great. All
0: right. Well, Jeremy, since you are so adamant about seeing movies and yes. cast scorn upon those of us who don't, um I have a little role play for you. Okay. I have a scenario. Uh well I mean, I'll just just let's just get into it. Sure. Um, okay. So, Hollywood calls you, Jeremy, and they're like, we heard you on the APM Pod podcast, which is redundant. And
1: It is redundant. You
0: know your stuff. You, uh, you are the demographic we're looking for, and you have seen a lot of movies, so we need your help. Okay. Rebooting a beloved franchise that we never thought could be rebooted before. Okay. So they fly you over, you go into the office, and... You know, there's three ex- movie executives there. You're sitting across the desk from them. Do
1: they all look like uh, cousin Ig chomping on cigars? <laughs> yeah. Yes, <Like> triplets. Yeah. <laughs> yes, okay. exactly. Okay. I like this.
0: Maybe in his Robert Goulet get up, I don't know if you ever seen it. <laughs> yeah, I, I have. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, uh they flick a switch and a spotlight appears on a mannequin that's covered up in a blanket. We need you to uh help us reboot this franchise they pull the sheath off a mannequin and um, so the mannequin they pull off the sheet and the mannequin is wearing a gray shirt okay a denim vest and a tan cap and they say Jeremy we need you to reboot Ernest P. Worrell oh no we need a new actor obviously rest in peace Jim Varney
1: Jim Varney, R.I.P.
0: Yeah, we need somebody who can live up to the caliber that Varney brought, and oh, we need man. a new premise.
1: A new premise? So who, who?
0: Um, you know, I'm not. Gonna, yeah, or at least, uh, at least a redo
1: of a premise. Maybe
0: you could do a redo, but we need to bring it into the new millennium. And who can portray Ernest,
1: who's alive? Ah, boy, that's a uh, that's a tough one because you can't. I I mean, like part of me wants to say Steve Martin. Okay, but he would never do it. Um, you can't go Seth Rogen or Zach Galifianakis or anything like that Mm because they're or Jack Black because they're they're too famous and too good looking and too well known. Um. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. I, 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 I got it. I'm going to throw a curveball at you. And, but it's going to make perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Your new Ernest P. Worrell is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and I am not even saying that to be smart. I 100% mean that because Nick Cage can do anything. Okay. Okay. So you have him go uh full method acting and he uh he loses like forty pounds so he's kind of like gaunt and gangly yes. like Ernest P. Mm-hmm. Um he can wear all the thing and everything. But uh here here's okay, so here's your uh here's your elevator pitch. He's not the same Ernest because you can't be the same Ernest. Right. He's l- I mean you can't touch. You can't you can't do it. It's it it's it's like trying to well, I mean, you saw what happened when they redid the shining. It was no, they, it was they redid the shining? It was so Stephen King was side note. Stephen King okay. was never happy with the uh Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick? version because really? it it deviates from the book pretty hard towards the end. Oh, okay. Basically the book is he's a decent man possessed by a demon, whereas Jack Nicholson is a bad person, it gets worse. Okay, and and he's he's got legitimate complaints, but it doesn't matter. Um, they redid a more book-centric version of The Shining on TV in like the early 2000s, and while it was technically true to the book, it was boring. Um, right. But so we've got Nick Cage, and he is the 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 slightly damaged, not like handicapped or anything, but just like he's a damaged man. Uh, his his wife left him. That's what happened. His yeah. wife left him because he was too busy focusing on his summer camp. Because <laughs> when he was a kid, he went to school. Oh my God, I got it. So he, <laughs> uh, so he he was he was a kid. He was one of those losers that went to camp with Ernest P. Worrell back in 1987 or whenever it was.
0: Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow. So you're connecting I'm, the dots. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, we've got
1: the Ernest verse going on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And uh, so. He uh he learns of Ernest being uh scared stupid or whatever the last one was oh god there was like ten of them wasn't there <laughs> yeah I, yeah uh, there was a go bunch go of... tra- okay anyway yeah. you look up that Ernest gets scared stupid all right and he just goes off into the, the upside down or you know the the nether world or whatever he's gone Nick Cage is uh he subs- he uh he takes the role of Ernest he cha- he legally changes his name to ernest mm-hmm. and he gets the vest and he gets the hat and he gets all that jazz
0: can maybe the hat was like left behind and it had a Bingo. curse on it or something or he some, fi- he fi- or-
1: he finds the hat at ernest's uh fresh grave okay <laughs> <laughs> they they bury the urn because uh his parent uh, I don't know. This is getting bleak. Um, but <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> he finds the hat. I don't know. We can figure that one out in post. But he finds the hat and uh, he he thinks that he is Ernest and he starts calling himself Ernest. And everyone at the camp is so just like, they're just so down that Ernest is gone and no one knows where he is. And that there's this kid whose parents died in a horrific boating accident or or something, Nick Cage's parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, they die. I, we, boating accident, whatever, on the lake, whatever. It's it's whatever happened in uh, sleepaway camp one. Uh, his parents die in a boat. Okay, start over. <laughs> I, I'm, okay. I'm I'm I, I'm I'm going all over the place because I'm excited here. Okay. Okay. Nick Cage as a child in 1980, whatever. Yes. Uh, goes to camp where Ernest went to camp. That yes. same year Nick Cage's uh parents die in a boating accident or yeah boating accident we'll say and uh Ernest takes young Nick Cage under his wing five years later. Ernest gets scared stupid and is nowhere to be found, yes. and this kind of just kind of shatters poor uh Nick Cage because he's lost his parents and he's also lost the man who was you know a uh a parent by proxy. Yes, yeah. Okay. His
0: uh, father figure.
1: His father figure. That's a better way to put it. And so with his world shattered, he the only thing he can find that he has left is Ernest's hat. He vows to himself that he's going to do for some other children what Ernest did for him. To, you know, just make him show that it's not all bad. You know, you can uh, beat those from across the lake or whatever happened in that movie. I don't really remember. <laughs> Ernest goes to camp. And so he goes to the same camp and gets it up and running again, a la Friday the thirteenth and uh all the kids come, and they're like, "Oh, hey, we have to be on our phones and he and he starts yelling to Vern, who is <laughs> <laughs> he's just screaming to someone named Vern, who is not really there or never was there, but uh he gets the kids to put down their phones and you know enjoy the good life right and they yeah. beat and they beat those across the lake and whatever games. <laughs> I might be mixing this up with meatballs, but... Uh, <laughs> and he teaches the kids a thing or two about life, including uh, little Billy, whose parents also died in a boating accident because they don't have good boating regulations on this lake. <laughs> there, that's what happens. All right. it's Because right. that's all the remakes are. It's the same movie, but you put someone as someone's kid, and then you're done.
0: Right, and then you, you kind of do a nod... To the old one. Yeah, and you put and you put something
1: about the kids being on their phones too much, and then you have a movie. <laughs>
0: <gasps> okay, so the last Ernest, direct-to-video. Oh, no. 1998. Oh, no. Ernest in the Army. <sighs> oh, Jesus. Before that was Ernest Goes to Africa. Okay.
1: Wasn't there Ernest Goes to School or something like that? Yeah. Okay. That
0: was 94. <laughs> Slam dunk Ernest.
1: Oh, Jesus. I don't remember any, all any of these.
0: All those were direct-to-video. Ugh. Uh the last theatrical one was Ernest Rides Again.
1: I don't remember that. There's eight Ernest movies. Oh Cause, god, like, there's like cause I remember 10 here. Jesus. I remember 3 of them. I remember Camp, Jail, and Stupid. Okay. I'm pretty sure I saw all those in theater.
0: And then there's Save's Christmas.
1: Oh okay, I remember that one. I did I may have seen that one in theaters as well. Yeah.
0: And so I think that we covered them all, but yeah. Nick Cage is earnest. I can see that. The, the he can do that.
1: Man can do anything. Like I know he gets a bad rap, but y'all are wrong. You need to watch Watch Vampires Kiss and Leaving Las Vegas back to back, and you will see what that man can do.
0: I remember when I was over at your place, we were watching National Treasure 2. Oh God, that's
1: not, that. That one's not a good. Uh, that's not a good movie. <laughs>
0: You are talking about how like you were walking by the red box and you saw like Nick Cage in an admiral hat and you're like, "Oh, Nick Cage needs money again." He was a he's in a random movie. He, he's in a lot of those. I haven't watched <laughs> like I just like an
1: admiral hat and I could just no. Picture it really him wearing- is. It's like called USS Indianapolis or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like him uh, on a boat, like an army boat of some sort. Um it, it it really is unfortunate that he has such a uh, penchant for like T Rex skulls and weird crap like that because <gasps> Superman number one yeah oh yeah he bought that didn't he yeah, yeah. or what action comics action, or whatever. whatever it is yeah. um because the, <laughs> there
0: he is in his admiral hat <laughs> Are, is, is it USS topic? Indianapolis yeah it okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really oh. it really is just him and an admiral hat and it says
0: Nicolas Cage. You know what I was gonna say for Ernest? What's that? I was gonna go Jeff Foxworthy. I don't like it. I don't like. Jeff. I don't like I it either because like I don't. Yeah, I, probably for the same reasons you don't. But maybe it's a little too on the nose. Maybe. I like I like Nick Cage a lot um, better. I can just
1: imagine him yeah. bugging out his eyes and. Next time you have a uh, an evening to yourself, haha, uh, go to your local library and rent uh, Bad Lieutenant. Colon. Port of Call Colon New Orleans. That's a it's yes. it's legitimately a phenomenal movie and oh boy does he go for it. Yeehaw. He plays a uh a uh, a cop who's slowly losing his mind in New Orleans and it's it rips. It's so good. And not um, even in an ironic how crazy is he going to go manner. It's just awesome.
0: Nick Cage is kind of another patron of the show, patron saint. He should be. Like Stephen King, Nick Cage, and other stuff that uh, I can't think of right August now.
1: August Bush the 4th. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>, right. right. <laughs> Way to bring it back to beer, Jeremy. <laughs> oh, I think, oh, wow.
1: Hey, I wouldn't even try. Yeah, because I think it's time for the FDR. Wow, we've been going for a while already. That's what Ernest will do to you. I, yeah, no kidding. What do we
0: got this week, Michael? I will get it out right now. Um, I'll just also say the FDR is where we find a beer, we drink a beer, and we rate that beer. And this beer was bequeathed to us, uh, but nobody died, uh, (laughs) so it was just given to us, I guess. I just like saying bequeathed. It's a good word. This is from Lewis and Clark Brewing Company, Tumbleweed IPA. From Council of the Show. And this is all the way from Montana. Yeah, it is. Grown brood canned in Montana, Helena, Montana. Before we get too much into this, can I just say, Lewis and Clark? I love it. I used to play this game on the uh, Apple Two GS oh, called Lewis and Clark Stayed Home, <laughs> and it was like kind of Oregon Traily but, without the uh, everybody gets dysentery. But they just stayed at home and like watched TV. <laughs> eat <laughs> yeah. chips? No, you had to take their place because they got sick. Oh, so. Okay. Oh hold so check it out. You can probably play that online on the virtual Apple console. Lewis and Clark
1: stayed Home. Jeremy, tell me a little more about this beer. Um, this is, as you said, an IPA, uh the beer. Montana's most award-winning IPA, gold medal winner at the Great American Beer Festival, voted best IPA in the state at the Montana Beer Festival, voted best IPA and best of show at the Cool Dog Micro Brew Review. This beer features loads of CTZ, Centennial, and Cascade hops, which are added six times throughout the brew to create a hop lover's dream. Michael, mm-hmm. side note, did you mm-hmm. know that Steve and I brewed last week? No, I was actually kind of curious. Uh, it's been a while since I heard a uh, brew-hoo-hoo Hoo Hoo in action. We uh, we we use CTZ hops and Centennial and Nugget to make a uh, dank, version of your wedding beer, Goose Fight. Ooh. We don't have really have a name for it, but we're trying to double, make a double IPA version of it with Stinky Ear Hops. Uh, it's, it's bubbling away. I'll keep you in mind. Sounds good. But uh, the brewery, the great explorers yes. are the inspiration for our name and in many ways our brewing style. It's also where we live as we are located along their trail in the heart of the only Lewis and Clark County in the U.S., our secret ingredient is the pride and craftsmanship of dedicated folks lucky enough to be called montanans and uh what was the uh the green beer what was it the uh, environment ale yes they they have, we haven't used that uh, yeah.
0: segment term in a while well they yeah. they have a micro, micro
1: canning on top of saving energy resources and money, beer stays fresher and longer in cans since there is no light passing through. Aluminum, uh, yada, yada Never mind. Aluminum is good. Glass bad. Aluminum cans are also the most recycled package worldwide, and blah, yada yada yada. They're patting themselves on the back for giving uh, a can.
0: Yes. Um. Oh, it also says here we love the game. Lewis and Clark stayed home and recommend everybody try it sometime.
1: Huh. Oh, they do really, Michael. Where do you see that? <laughs> It's on the bottom of the can. Oh, really? Because it uh <laughs> it just looks like it's a uh uh com.
0: Uh
1: um, Michael. Let's uh open the beer. I would like to point out that uh this mm-hmm. beer is on tap today at Lewis and Clark Brewing. It goes for 350 a pint.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, that sounds good. Uh, I thought that was pretty remarkable. Low cost of living up
0: in Montana. Yeah, no kidding. Let's discover the difference, as it says on the can. Ooh, this smells nice and hoppy. Yeah, will to see about this one.
1: I had never heard of CTZ hops. Uh, it's a mixture. It's a weird hybrid of three hops, I want to say. Steve explained it to me at some point.
0: Oh, it's like Centennial, Tomahawk, and Zeus.
1: Okay, something it, like that. That is the last one. I, that's the only thing I remembered out of it. I couldn't remember if it was Columbus or...
0: Or one of those sea hops. There's so many of them. This smells nice and uh, floral, Michael. To me, CTZ sounds like
1: marijuana. Like, oh man. Or doesn't it sound like one of those wrestling uh, leagues where they like break <laughs> piles of uh, fluorescent <laughs> lights over one another? Yeah. One of those two brutal wrestling leagues. A blood and guts league. Ew. I always dislike those. Well, they're so much fun Ooh. though. It does smell good. It smells amazing. It's. The head is remarkable on this one. Giant it's, yeah, bubbles. pretty. Uh, it's uh I'm I've got at least two fingers going on here, Michael. Yeah. Uh the color is a rich bronze
0: um that uh, that's a good way to put it. It's almost opaque, I would say. I it's mean, getting there. I mean, yeah, I can't really see my fingers very well on the other side of the glass when I hold it up to the computer screen. Yeah. So it's probably rich. Um, Jeremy, why don't you go first? I sure would love to. Um, I still got this Nick Cage picture up on the screen. staring <laughs> at me. I think I heard of this movie, too. I think I listened to
1: uh, the Flophouse podcast, oh, and they talked about it. I saw it at a red box. Um, this is a good beer, Michael. Going for it. Oh, wow. Right off the bat. Yeah. Um, I'm not exactly sure to what extent it's a good beer. I don't know if it's great or if it's good or grand or any of those other G... Superlatives, but it is a good beer. What do you think, Michael? It's a very bold flavor,
0: um, both malt and
1: hop wise. Yeah, the the uh, the hops are are pretty earthy.
0: Yeah, it's not super bitter. I'm sure it's going to bitter up as it goes along, of but um, yeah, earthy is a good way to describe it. It's not um, it's not like citrusy. Um, no, it, which seems to be a the trend, major the trend. trend, yeah, which is kind of refreshing. It is to get um, something a little different,
1: like between this and uh, the super hoppy pilsners. I feel that uh, earthy hops are making a little bit of a comeback. Mm hmm. But I like the stinky hops. What can I say?
0: Now, would you describe this as dank? Because that's kind of a. Uh... Nebulous term in some regards because what what is a dank food you can eat you know it almost only applies to hops
1: it'll and uh, and uh, that sticky icky icky thank you Michael um (laughs) I I think the way one would describe a dank IPA is one smells like hop oil Mm. you know what I mean like if it's just pure hop oil like um, concentrated like if it just smells sticky I think is a good way to put it. Resiny. That's a good resinous is a good way to put it too, Um, and I think there's a little bit of that here. There's a little bit of it, definitely. It's it's not overwhelming Mm. like the uh, the Waldo's 420. (laughs) Like that is that is the uh, the poster child for dank dank. It it just stinks, in in the best way possible. It smells like just pure hops. The malt backbone on this is surprising.
0: Uh, it's it's. Very nice, actually. I think that's what I'm liking about it. It, It's Um, it's
1: balancing out that hoppy bitterness, to be sure. Yeah,
0: it's uh, a nice, thick quaff.
1: Absolutely. Um, Did we say that this clocks in at 6.6% ABV?
0: Yeah, I think that's worth highlighting uh, once again. I think we mentioned it. We may have. Whatever. That just shows how malty um, this one is. I'm finding that, like, the session IPAs and stuff, I'm really starting to pull away from those. And really? If I do have an IPA, I like it, you know, like, high-calorie, high ABV. Not high ABV, but one that has the malt to support it. So, like, at 6.6, there's definitely malt here to support the hops. Sure. I I, I think I'm coming around to these IPAs more and a clear rift is kind of forming in my mind's eye about interesting what IPAs I'm liking these days
1: see that would have uh, gone contrary to what I would have expected because you hate hops and everything related to hops
0: (laughs) well to me the um, session IPAs they lack the malt to back up the hops, and then you just kind of get a hop flavor without a lot of, with kind of like this thin brew behind I, it. I,
1: I I see where you're coming from. I appreciate the uh, the light hop bomb of a session IPA. Is <laughs> like I'll take an all day IPA any day over uh ruination. We'll say.
0: I see, yeah. Just because,
1: just because ruination is just, it's so thick. Like, you can cut that thing with a knife.
0: That all-day IPA was a, technically a session. That was the stone one, right? That's Founders. That's Founders. What was the stone one we had? To go. Go-to IPA. Or go-to, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one was a lo- little different in my memory than a pure session, but...
1: Um. I, I, I mean, I see where you're coming from because those the sessions can be thin. They can be just kind of watery and essentially be the Bud Light of, you know, craft IPAs, if such a thing yeah. exists. Yeah. Um, following along that train of thought, this is more along the lines of a, uh, of a Sam Adams of craft IPAs. Like, heavier than a Budweiser, more flavorful than a Budweiser. You know, actually, this isn't terribly dissimilar from a Sam Adams, now that I think about it. Right. It's definitely um, hoppier, but.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little more. Obviously, this isn't as widely distributed, so they can, like. Don't have to, like, nerf anything about this, I think. Because. we <laughs> For Sam Adams, you're going to have to, like. Distribute <laughs> nerf. Nerf <laughs> herders. Um, we have to distribute across the nation. It's like, oh boy, we got to, you know, kind of ration out some of this so we can sell this for. Buck fifty a a bottle. These guys are just like, all right. We're just gonna the scale. They don't have to scale this up as far. So I think they That's can true. be a little more. They can be a little bit more bold.
1: Uh, a little bit more heavy-handed with their uh, their hopping. Yes. There you go. Way to say it in one sentence. Yeah, I do what I can. After I spent you know thirty minutes yammering about Ernest and it.
0: Oh, ah, uh, that reminds me. I had one more thing. Oh, really? It. All right, let's just do it. <laughs> Hollywood executives come up to you, Jeremy. <laughs> like this craft beer thing is off the chart. It is off the chart. We need you to make an it beer. Make the it beer. It's <laughs> condense
1: twelve hundred pages into a beer. It's easy, Michael. You just boil down children's. Bl- no, never mind. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of it takes place in the sewers. And sewers are stinky. So you make a supremely stinky IPA. I'm going at 7.5 and uh, it's not a sing- A dark IPA? No, no. Nope. Just a nice double IPA. Uh, we're going to load this sucker up with uh, Falconer and, <laughs> I don't know, Nugget Columbus. There. There we go. Those, those three hops.
0: ITIPA. Yeah,
1: yeah. I-T-A.
0: ITA. That's right. I went there. Um. Well, good. That's great. Mm-hmm. Should we get into the ratings on this one, Jeremy? Let's do it. Michael, to the ratings. Yes. Does that mean I, I should do it, right? Yeah, okay, go for here it. Here I go. Uh, sip of Judgment. Yeah, it's weird. It's... The IPA is refreshing, not in a, like, oh, man, this is a refreshing beverage that I could drink in the summer kind of way, but, like, it kind of gets – it's just, a like, a, a return to form, I guess you could say, for me, I guess. I mean, I'm sure there's tons of IPAs out there that are true um, to form. It's, you know, it's not, like, this session. It's not, like, wreck your palate IPA. It's just, like, this is a solid IPA mm-hmm. with a good mix of hops I thought I was going to get a real bitter aftertaste, like the spray paint effect that we talk about, where the tongue's sure. just like, oh man, I can't taste anything anymore. But it's doing that a little bit, but not as much as I thought it would, which is quite um, pleasing. A nice surprise. Yeah. Um, Let me go in for say judgment number two. Saj. to. Going between two ratings. Okay. I hate to keep bouncing around this area. I'm gonna give it a three point five.
1: Michael, it's amazing that you gave it that rating mm-hmm. because that's exactly what I was gonna give it. Um, this nice, solid. Th- yeah, it's it's a solid beer. It's it's a good IPA. Um, the hop profile isn't quite unique enough to, you know, make it a fancy pants IPA highfalutin whatever. Mm-hmm. And the malt. But that's
0: kind of what I like about it. At the no, same time. no. It's ahead. definitely
1: if it's definitely a strength. It's just not uh I find that uh the things that make this a solid beer also kinda of hold it back from being like a standout oh my god beer. Mm-hmm. Like a two hearted or something. Um Because as far as I'm concerned, two hearted is probably the best IPA out there. Okay. That one is it's got the perfect amount of malt and floral notes that I feel that this one definitely does not have the floral notes on the hops. Right. It's, it's pretty it, It's it's more more of a bitter IPA as opposed to a, a scented or stinky IPA. And I mean stinky mm-hmm. in the best way. Mhm. What do you think?
0: No, I think you're right. I think like I said it's kind of a return to form, down to earth type IPA. Which I haven't had in a while, so in that regard, it's a nice little uh, trip down memory lane, back when IPAs were IPAs. <laughs> um,
1: in any case, yeah, this is it's it's a solid beer. Um, I like the fact that the back the malt is good and present. I really like the fact that it's there and not just sort of, you know, pandering to the hop head not alligator arming it no it's is i <laughs> mean t rex arming <laughs> yeah yeah
0: but uh, uh um so yes yeah, so thanks to council of the show for thank you council heading up to montana and bringing back some of the fruits of the state i guess agreed that phrase are we the ones who are out of order <laughs> Jeremy, why
1: don't you take us out with some social media plugs? You can find us at APM Potted. Just about anything. You can send us an email at apmpotted@gmail.com. Write in. Let us know if you've had this beer. Let us know if you have housed someone who gave us this beer. We don't care. Just write in. Tell us anything. Tell us what you would like us to have. Have you played Street Fighter Two? Have you watched it? Have you seen an Ernest movie? Yeah, write in and tell me what you think of it. I want to know what people who have not read the book think of the movie, because I I have theories. In any case, you can reach us at apmpod at twitter dot com if you would like to, I, uh, you know, shoot us a message that we, is shorter than an email and one that Michael <laughs> will read a lot more quickly than we will an email. You can find this on iTunes. You can find us on. Google Music. You can find us at Stitcher. Write, rate, and review, if you would please. And you can find us on YouTube and Facebook. All of those fun things. Everything's at APM Pod. Just go to APM Pod. You'll find us. Write us something for yeah. you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's another one down the gullet. For Jeremy, I've been Michael. And for Michael, I have been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers.